Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Uh, Good morning, Fred, on this bright, sunny morning. Beautiful morning. And let's get right to it. At the top of the list in this latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, Waymo's RoboTaxi pilot surpassed 6,200 riders in its first month in California. Yes, well, uh, the California PUC put out their reports uh, for the uh, four companies that have um, obtained permission to provide uh, drivered services uh, in uh, California. By drivered services, they clearly defined that, uh, uh, yeah, sure, you have a driverless vehicle, but you have to have an attendant on board. Um, uh, while you're providing this service. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, that's, that's of course, quite appropriate. Uh, uh, but um, as we know, uh, at least uh, what we argue here on the park podcast, that these things are mobility machines, uh, machines to, uh, to provide a, affordable mobility to, to anyone and uh, uh, on demand uh, 24-7. And the key to being able to do affordable on-demand 24-7 is that you have algorithms uh, doing uh, the driving and not people. Uh, because um, because uh, if you're not worried about the affordable piece, then it's, uh, it's great to do people. Wonderful. Um, uh, but not all that many of us can afford a chauffeur. Um, so uh, the affordable ends up being important, and I guess I, I didn't say safe. Uh, I'm assuming safe. Safe is absolutely uh, the, the the premier necessity. So please uh, let me not uh, just gloss over that. Uh, but uh, to do the affordable, unfortunately, uh, if you look at uh, what it costs to produce it, the big element is is the the human. Unless we're we're going to go back to slavery and have slaves do it, and of course we're not going to do that. Um, gig workers have uh, have uh, very nicely made it um, somewhat affordable to date with Uber and Lyft. Uh, by um, uh, really not uh, uh, or agreeing to work for uh, uh, what isn't all that much. Uh, plus, of course, the investment community community has has uh, ponied up and and uh, decided to take uh, um, to take losses uh, to make it uh, somewhat affordable. So we have um, you know, the situation we currently have uh, with uh, Uber Lyft. Um, it's almost available 24 7 if you can uh, get uh, somebody to to come to you when you when you need it um and it's um, somewhat affordable um but to, to really get to the affordable uh 24 7 uh essentially anywhere um it it it, it needs to have algorithms doing this and not people and so um, in the beginning, um, when you're testing out your algorithms, it's fine to have some people in there um, that you're paying, uh, uh, engineers. I'm sure that people that are attendants on the Google cars uh, get, a, get benefits, <laughs> yeah, get a salary, um, have vacations, um, have health care. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, I, but I, 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 I suspect that. 
I don't think they're volunteers. But I don't think they're volunteers, <laughs> and I don't think, uh, well, I don't, yes, so, um, but it's really important that, that, uh, that these things get to a point uh, where they are, um, where, where it's, an, it's the algorithms that are doing this and, and not people. Otherwise, it won't be affordable. Otherwise, it won't be sustaining. Otherwise, it will be just a report on a shelf or a report in the cloud uh, saying, oh, we did this test and aren't we great? And now we've moved on to go do something else. If we're really going to deliver the mobility to, uh, to people who would uh, very much like to get from A to B when they want to get from A to B, um, uh, in a sh- in a shared uh, uh, environment uh, with shared rides, why not? Um, we're all friendly to each other, um, and in 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 situations that aren't as dense as Manhattan, where you can have a subway and it's uh, and there because there's so many people in the vehicle, they each pitch in a couple pennies, and and you can afford to pay a driver. Um, but uh, the way that uh, many people live uh, throughout the world is in lower density environments. Apparently, um, people like living in lower lower density environments, uh, where uh, the the travel demand uh, from A to B at time T is such that uh, there aren't that many people who want to go from A to B at time at a small time T, and uh, therefore there isn't the opportunity for for a large amount of ride sharing, but maybe two or three people together um, in a vehicle that's being driven by an algorithm. Oh my goodness, um, that could very well be affordable. And for the entity that's providing the service, uh, an enormous uh, profit opportunity because all they have to do is uh, charge a little bit more than the low cost uh, that, that it is. And um, and make the investors extremely happy. Uh, so um, uh, that's where we want to go. But where we are now—that was a long, long, long discussion. Where we are now is that it's drivered. And in the beginning, since there isn't much of it, we can afford it. That's part of the investment. That's part of the front-end cost. But sometime soon, we need to get to a point in which they're uh, they're driverless. But back to the PUC, they released the reports as to what uh, the four companies, the only four companies that have applied to the PUC for a license to provide um, um, uh, um, Uber Lyft type services, uh, for uh, one way to call it, uh, with a uh, supposedly driverless vehicle with a driver in there. And the um, uh, the numbers are that uh, there's only really one company that's out there really doing it, and that's Waymo, and that's what's highlighted here. And it is um, somewhat impressive that they're out there. Um, what is unfortunate, uh, or at least I haven't found, uh, unfortunate about the the CPUC reports is that they don't include disengagements with these vehicles and I'm not sure how the DMV is going to treat that and whether or not the DMV uh, California Department of Motor Vehicles uh, is treating these vehicles that are providing this drivered uh, mobility uh, in California they treating the these vehicles as being tested 
if they're being uh, driverless vehicles that are being tested, uh, then um, those companies are required to report uh, disengagements. Uh, so, uh, and that basically gives us uh, some inkling, at least gives us out here in the public, uh, some inkling as to how well these vehicles are performing. Um, are they getting to a, to a situation in which they're out there operating uh, without uh, needing or without uh, incurring disengagements? Uh, that would mean that, in fact, they deliver, if they were doing this in, in, while providing service, uh, then it would imply that, in fact, um, the um, drivers weren't needed. Uh, that they delivered uh, the mobility uh, without incurring, incurring disengagements. Why the disengagement rate is so important with respect to, to what the, the service is that's being delivered under the CPUC license is that that's providing mobility. Uh, it's not just testing the vehicle. One of the uh, sort of complaints about the the disengagement reports is that yes, you could just have the vehicle driving up and down. Uh, I don't know uh, um, uh, one of the freeways out there in California in the middle of the night when there's nobody there, and of course, hopefully the darn thing works, and there are no disengagements. But it's not providing mobility. So the question is: is number of disengagements while providing mobility um, and uh, that's what's important uh, as opposed to just driving down the street or some freeway so um, uh, that's why it would be very nice to know the number of disengagements associated with those uh, 62,000 trips or whatever the number is uh, that um, that uh, Google uh, uh, provided uh, during the month of July um, but let's wait and see if the data come out at some point whether or not the public knows about the disengagements I'm sure Google knows or Waymo knows about the disengagements uh, I'm certain uh, they've collected uh, all the data as to exactly what happened on all those trips at some point, um, hopefully, uh, they're going to become comfortable enough with their uh, with their algorithms to say um, we're ready to actually do this and and provide the mobility and start making some money doing this, uh, start uh, returning some profits. Um, uh, let's wait and see when that happens. It 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 could happen, uh, you know, tomorrow. If in fact the data they're getting back is saying, my goodness, uh, we're providing all these trips, uh, the driver or, or the attendant really didn't do anything on these. Uh, we um, uh, we hit a home run each on each trip. Um, uh, then maybe they'll get around their board meeting and say, okay, it's time to do this for real, and and society can begin to benefit from this, and they can begin to. Uh, uh, profit from it. Uh, yeah, the, the California PUC does have a second uh, test program, pilot program, that would allow driverless passenger service, but nobody has applied for a permit yet. Uh, so right, like right. you're saying, uh, maybe Waymo will say, okay, we're ready to do that. 
absolutely and 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 in a sense uh, uh, not only is the public going to be able to have to say okay it's okay for you to do it they're going to have to feel comfortable that they can go out there and do it because we know that if there's a hiccup out there it's going to be very, the, the one hiccup is going to be somewhat expensive and and uh, hopefully that there's only one hiccup per gazillion trips so you know not, nothing's perfect and so therefore uh, out of the money that you collect from each trip you sort of put it away in your in your war chest to take care of uh, when you screw up uh, I mean that's that's the way we, we all behave that's why we buy insurance that's you know we're, uh, and of course, so uh, the, the, we can't have an expectation that they'll be perfect. They just have to be damn good, and and and, and they have to be better than than uh, than the quality of the service uh, that they put put out there because uh, um, uh, because uh, the, the benefits to society have to be greater than what their expected liabilities are going to be. Otherwise, we're not going to let them do it. Now, of course, those are very challenging um, uh, things to achieve and to quantify and to and to get our arms around. But you know, that's that's the situation that we're in. Well, there's more testing to come. the The U.S. Uh, Department of Transportation has announced uh, their automated driving system demonstration grant winners. Uh, this is sixty million dollars in federal grants altogether. It's going to eight projects in in seven different states. Yes, and it's uh, nice that they've uh, finally uh, uh, put the, uh, made the awards and can begin to, to put that money to work. And most of it is, is is associated with testing the technology and test centers and so on. And, and it's very good. Uh, uh, Sixty million dollars is uh, is sixty million dollars. But uh, if you look at the amount of investment the private sector is making in all this. Uh, sixty million dollars isn't um, uh, well. Uh, okay, it's uh, it's it might not be epsilon. Uh, it's delta. It's it's not very big. But it's nice that that they're doing it. Um, what's interesting about the site is uh, not only uh, can you or uh, the proposals uh, that those entities uh, made, and and one can see what uh, what they're actually uh, proposing to do, and what we'll use the money for. Uh, but um, but also uh, there are a total I think uh, 73 uh, proposals submitted and one can see all the proposals and what what that shows is that, is that there is a there is a substantial amount of interest in uh, this technology um, uh, throughout uh, America uh, from a lot of cities I think even Peoria has a has a proposal in there um, so if it's good enough for Peoria, it's good enough for everybody, or at least I guess maybe in the 60s we used to say that. I don't know if we still say that today. And uh, we should mention here that uh, you're hoping to get some community interest going right in, right in Princeton to right, get so, people involved in, in, in getting behind the idea of, of testing. Right. Well, you know, there's, this is, it's not easy to do this, and it takes an enormous amount. It's going to take an enormous investment to make it happen uh, on the technology side. And, and uh, there, that's where the investment community is really uh, focused on. 
Um, but what's the investment that's also going to be need to be made is there, there's a societal impact aspect of this. Uh, I don't think we want to run into a situation that we're in today with respect to scooters or Lyme and those those folks in which in which uh, you know uh, one sector of the population sort of loves them but they're not really respecting them and so they strew them all over the place and the rest of the folks who um, who sort of have to live with the, with the uh, the aftermath of the strewing uh, then uh, just get disgruntled and take these things and throw them in a the river um, one can expect that at the beginning of, of this uh, uh, autonomous taxi uh, revolution that uh, some folks will, will the, the mobility will be will be life-changing for them uh, the, the improvement in their quality of life and they'll really benefit from it uh, but uh, it'll have to uh, these vehicles and getting you know a, um, a senior citizen from uh, from their home to their to go get their haircut or or go to the library uh, those those vehicles are going to have to go down some streets and um, people live along those streets and those folks are going to have to be uh, be welcoming of this technology that is providing mobility to to their neighbors and and its neighbors and and that piece of it is uh, is really tough and so of course we're trying to get the discussion in Princeton what if and if we could if if the technology does work would you welcome it is it going to be how should it behave so that so that you like to have it as a as a member of, of your community um, uh, going down your street uh, um, adding adding uh, or at least not subtracting heavily from your quality of life such that you put up with it um, and and uh, and starting at the grassroots level uh, I don't think, especially in this country, I'll say that I don't think it's going to come down to promulgation from the top. Uh, sure, uh, Uber was able to swashbuckle itself in the cities. Uh, at some point, uh, Manhattan and New York City snapped back. Uh, California snapped back uh, and said, wait a minute. Uh, yes, it's nice, but... Um, so uh, this is all an anticipation of uh, uh, trying to be an anticipation uh, so that one doesn't um, have to incur that hey what are you doing here uh, oh my goodness it is really wonderful that you're going to come here and do this uh, please come and let's let's do it and and we'll help that's the situation we're trying to create so we're trying to do a beginning of that in Princeton and Trenton and Central Jersey before we, we, we bring the technology, the technology isn't here yet. Uh, Waymo isn't offering driverless services anywhere. Offering driver services, great. Um, but because they're not offering driverless services, it must not work well enough for, for Waymo yet. Because they haven't made the board decision to say, hey, we're pulling, we want to start making money here. Uh, we can provide safe 
uh, affordable. Uh, 24-7 on-demand mobility uh, to uh, everyone, we're ready to go. Uh, haven't done that yet. So, and while we're waiting for them to get prepared to do that, uh, we're trying to begin to deal with the societal side of this thing and to make sure that uh, once the technology is ready, uh, the marketplace will be ready to accept it with open arms and, and benefit from it. That's why this is being done. It's not being done to flip it, uh, you know, from one company to the other company and, and have investors make money off of it. Uh, this is being done to, to provide uh, mobility and enhancement of quality of life for everybody. You know, and it's great to see. We've, we've talked about this so often, the need for grassroots support, getting out there, getting communities informed and involved. And uh, now you're walking the walk with it. Well, we're trying to, you know, we, I wish there was an equation we could just apply or, you know, a, a theorem we could propose and prove. It'd be, it'd be straightforward. Now we got to go out and talk to people. That's tough, or at least tough for me. And uh, for people who are our listeners who might be in Princeton, they can go to the community room at the Princeton Public Library, 9 a.m. Saturday, the 28th, for, for this discussion. It sounds really terrific. Moving on, New York Times piece about short-term impact on oil prices seen after attack on the Saudi facilities. Um, while the discussion is still centered on who is responsible for, for the attacks, uh, what we're hearing about in the news all the time, we're seeing an impact already, it seems, perhaps, on, on prices at the pump. Yeah, I went to the gas station yesterday. It was two ninety-five. I thought it it seems to me it was last last week it was was like 227 on route one or something i mean what um i don't know i'm i'm too cynical just uh, to me it just it smells so much like golf of tonkin incident um i uh, i shouldn't comment i i'm just too cynical another uh weapons of mass destruction i i don't know whatever from green car congress a headline that says how men and women how men and women differ in their travel patterns interesting here yeah i just thought that that was interesting and and i, I don't, it just struck me as interesting uh because of uh, how people spend time and travel and and really breaking it down on, on a gender basis and it just um, and and the sort of implication that i took from it when when you look at the at the where the the times are different it you know it really is that uh, women are there are they caregivers and you you can see the the amount of time they spend basically chauffeuring uh, others around whether they're they're uh, um, family members who need assistance uh, you know kids going to soccer games i guess uh, of course that's not uh, that's an implication by me or to uh, or or to friends um uh, the implication is that there's a lot of chauffeuring going on and that's again basically because uh, certain mem- people in in our in our society don't have access to their own automobile. Uh, certainly, the young don't, uh, and the and the uh, and the old uh, don't. And um, and if you're a, you're a, a family in which uh, 
in which there is only uh, uh, you you have a couple adults, uh, typical um, uh, 1950s style family, uh, and you only have one car, then of course uh, the other person needs to be chauffeured around. Um, I, I think that to me that's another argument for having these mobility machines out there just providing it for us. Uh, yes, uh, there's a, there's a lot of personal interaction that ends up going on uh, during the drive, but um, is a car the real place where you want to have a good personal interaction with uh, with friends and family? I mean, there are there are other venues that are that are much more appropriate. Uh, uh, a bench in a park, uh, um, uh, your home, uh, etc. So I I don't know. I I just. It's it's just uh, some interesting numbers that uh, I really hadn't seen anybody report before. Wired has an interesting uh, story on the uh, the General Motors strike. Uh, its headline: "The shift to electric vehicles propels a strike against GM." And uh, one of the quotes here is that when the United Auto- Automobile Workers members walked off the job at 33 General Motors sites around the U.S. Uh, perhaps the most striking detail was that they only numbered 46,000. The last time the UAW's workers went on strike against GM in 2007, the number was 73,000. And that was a fraction of the 259,000 U.S. hourly production workers GM employed in 1991. Um, that says it all. And that they're saying all. that the, the shift to electric vehicles... And, and as you point out in the newsletter, has meant fewer jobs well, with the, with some of the uh, yeah, combustion well, engine uh, parts. Right, and it's it's you know what's led to the decline is certainly the enormous amount of automation that's gone into the assembly line process, and and uh, and and uh, and it's it's really cut the workforce. And uh, and now we have this this looming uh, electric vehicle uh, revolution that's going to make it uh, even easier to to make these vehicles uh, have machines make these vehicles as opposed to people. So um, you know you no longer need a transmission. So whoever made transmission is uh, okay. Uh, there it's like you no longer need a, a buggy whip. Uh, so there, there they go, and of course, uh, electric motors are are mechanically and, and piecewise, partwise, so much simpler than an internal combustion engine. And um, you know, um, so um, yeah, um, uh, what what can you say? Yeah, it could also mean, uh, as they point out, uh, down down the road, less money for for dealerships as well. That count on uh, car servicing for a lot of their profit yeah i mean i mean you know it was great you buy a product now you have to get it repaired uh, hey oh my goodness now you have a product uh it, it, it there's nothing there's less to break uh, yeah read and weep good luck jiffy lube right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to say i don't know i don't know i don't know how to put a it, it is good to go to electrics i think i, I think you know um, it's so um, yeah there nothing's perfect and we shouldn't ask for perfection we should ask for it to make it as as, as well as we can and, and and to be able to deal with the with the downside risks 
but everything that has upside potential um, uh, has downside risk. On it. But if, if any of our, our listeners uh, know of any, something that has, has only upside and no downside, please let me in on it. You know, I want, I want 10% of that sucker, you know. <laughs> what can I say? Well, talk about uh, upside and downside. Uh, Uber and Lyft drivers uh, snarled traffic this week at the Brooklyn Bridge and uh, on the FDR during rush hour to protest pay changes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, more trouble. It, it's more trouble for Uber and, and Lyft with their the business model. This is why we so desperately need to get to a point in which in which we can provide this kind of mobility with algorithms rather than people. It's not that those people aren't still going to drive people. It's that it's that if you look at the demand curve, the demand curve is a, is a function of, of affordability. And there are, there are always people. The, the banks will always want their people to, drive, to have rides in driver bank uh, black cars, of course. I mean, they have the money to do it. Of course, uh, have a driver. So you know, there's the opportunity for the the black car drivers or the or the uh, the current gig workers to, to 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 provide mobility to those folks. Some some people would prefer to have a drive uh, a driver. Fine if they if you can afford it. It's it's just that that. The, that the way that we have society set up now, there's just uh, in that distribution, there are a lot of people that can't afford that, and therefore there the 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 quality of life enhancement of them being able to go to the library, go to to uh, to have their uh, hair done, to uh, go to the store, to do things. Is, is enormously um, uh, limited. And so uh, for those folks, um, unfortunately, uh, there's nobody there to, to pay for the, the, the driver. And um, here we have the opportunity to have, uh, to have things that, that behave according to Moore's law that if they're not, if they don't cost zero now, they will tomorrow uh, to be able to provide that. Uh, affordably, inexpensively. Um, it seems like a good thing to do. Absolutely. Well, the self-driving truck startup, Too Simple, has raised another $120 million in Series D funding. Uh, some of this funding is coming from UPS, uh, a company they took back in August a minority stake in, in Too Simple. It's spelled T-U Simple. So right. And, here they uh, come. The, Right, and and then again, we talked a number of times with respect to the, the commercial vehicle market, the moving of, of goods instead of people. Uh, this is this is very good. Again, it's not to put truck drivers uh, out of work. Um, uh, there, you know, with a truck uh, that's moving um, uh, high-valued goods, there's really enough money there to to pay the driver. Um, where, where, where to me the technology uh, has its greatest impact is is on the quality of life for the for the truck driver. It it would it, it will make truck driving um, um, a, a nice profession uh, 
because uh, because it will take a lot of the aggravation, st- stress, and strain and anxiety out of the out of the job, and then maybe out of that, uh, then you can even have a little bit more uh, productivity. Um, geez, if, if if you can allow the truck driver to to sleep a couple hours while it's going down one of these interstates in in the middle of the night where there's actually nobody else around, um, hey, um, uh, all of a sudden the truck driver gets is able to f- feed his or her family uh, while they're sleeping a little bit, um, and and so the hours of service could change. And uh, the productivity of a truck becomes uh, becomes better, and, and so on and so forth. And those are the opportunities, not the opportunities to take the driver out of there. Um, and uh, you make uh, all that uh, better and cheaper. Uh, then more goods get moved around. And uh, of course, we don't just move goods around for the heck of moving goods around and move goods around. Uh, because in fact there's demand for it and it improves the quality of life of the people that are consuming the goods. So uh, I think it's all good. Well, a couple of uh, Tesla headlines to talk about. One is uh, the number of fires that have taken place involving Tesla vehicles. One uh, in in Shanghai with the Tesla Model S sitting in a parking garage, caught fire. the other yeah. story to talk about also is the release of a version 10 that includes support for an Xbox controller for arcade games while you while you're in a Tesla. Uh, concerns about both of these stories. Well, I, I think I think the the fire thing I I, I think it has to be put in context. Uh, cars catch fire. <laughs> you know, you have 20 gallons of gasoline in a tank. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, there is a, a fire hazard associated with the batteries and put in the wrong, you know, sort of thermal condition or, you know, under impact, um, uh, things can happen. Um, uh, I haven't seen a really thorough study that really says that this is, uh, is substantially better or worse than what exists with cars. So, again... Uh, this is one of the downsides and one of the things that has to be worked on. I don't think it's a game changer at this point. I don't think it's a reason to uh, no longer have electric vehicles out there. I think that that's a surmountable uh, uh, issue. Um, the version 10 software is, is, is like really good except what are, what are all these distractions that are being introduced into this you know basically uh, uh, full 17 inch screen business that's in a, that's in a Tesla I think if it's for the benefit of the passengers fantastic um, if, if it's going to be consumed by the driver um, uh, autopilot has to get a heck of a lot better um, a heck of a lot better, and so. Uh, but I guess we'll see it within the within the uh, crash statistics, and uh, I guess at least there's one site that I put out there with respect to, that that lists all the um, um, all the deaths um, in Teslas um, uh, to date uh, from you know whatever public sources, 
and um, and in a sense, um, you know, part of the call that, that I do, and what I'm trying to have some of my students do is really trying to get um, access to the Tesla data so that uh, somebody can do an independent uh, assessment of uh, of uh, the safety of of, of uh, autopilot. They have the data. The data exists, and um, and it it would be really nice if if if, if someone did it, or, or we certainly love to do it. I've expressed that a number of times here. Um, um, you just have to look, and and we talked about it last time uh, with the data that was released from the by the NTSB of the. Um, the Tesla 405 crash into a, a parked fire truck, uh, pointing out actually, you know, two fundamental problems. One is uh, basically uh, the automated emergency braking system again uh, disregarding um, stationary objects, and uh, and two the, the the richness of the data that's that's captured uh, by by Tesla because of over-the-air updates and the, the, the communication of that information. Um, they have it. Um, they, they know the performance of Teslas on essentially, uh, well, on every piece of, uh, of, of roadway that Teslas have driven and, and in some roadways like the 4, 405 in California. Can you imagine how many Teslas have gone up and down those lanes? Um, in all sorts of uh, all times and traffic conditions and you know I guess they haven't had snow on the 405 but uh, it must have rained sometime anyway um, very rich data to really understand how good, bad or indifferent it is from the AP a story headlined Paris tests new bubble shaped water taxi Sounds like I fun. guess I guess I need a new category in the in, in my <laughs> in the newsletter. You know the whatever category. Uh, sure, why not? Why not have sort of more uh, more uh, personalized or uh, more um, on demand um, uh, ferry service um, up and down the Seine? I mean, uh, you know, with little things and so on. Um, Next thing you know, they're going to be autonomous. So, hey, great. <laughs> I don't know. And, and finally, from the half-baked stuff that probably doesn't deserve your time uh, section of the newsletter is a, a headline from ENT that says, Ride pooling found to be more effective than driverless cars at reducing congestion. Well, uh, you know, uh, it's... Depends what what you set up as 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 the comparison, but 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 that one is uh, is uh, sure you you uh, you go look at, at what it takes uh, to do uh, ride pooling, and yes, you're going to have to do empty vehicle repositioning as associated with it, and uh, you do have the opportunity to do it. Uh, the question is: Is what are you comparing it to, uh, to to say that it's better or worse? And what I think what they did in, in the comparison is sort of take a, take a non non real uh, bad case. Um, um, so you're you're in one sense uh, uh, taking a, what, what might be the, the what you can do in one hand, but then you're comparing it. At, 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 
with an example that uh, that is just a bad example. So I don't know. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition, Alan. Uh, you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play us. My tech reports can be found at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the weekend.